Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. But I, I, I'm so thrilled about the season that we're in right now, but I'm particularly excited about today. Today is Vision Sunday. I've been waiting all year, and uh, as the seasons have continued to progress, getting to this day has is, is been super exciting because today um, we want to talk about some things and, and share some things with you uh, in regards to what the Lord has been doing in the house and what the Lord's going to continue to do, and especially as we posture ourselves to go into another exciting new year. I can't believe that 2024 is fast approaching, church. I can't believe it. It's wild. Um, but I'm excited about it. And, uh, and I know this, the Bible is very specific. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But I love the fact that we are a house that is continually one where the Lord has given us vision so that we are reminded that the future is bright. Our best days are the ones that are ahead. The Lord's hand is upon your family, upon your future, upon this house and where we're going. And as we're connected into the family and into the body of abundant life, I'm telling you is that the future is bright in the mighty name of Jesus. And so I'm thankful that, that we are a house of vision. We are a house of purpose. The Lord has given us a mission to reach our world with life. He's given us a message that God's a good God, that he loves us, he wants to bless us, and we are not gonna stop until the whole world knows that message through that mission because God is a good God. God does love us, and he wants to see our lives blessed. But I know this, that in order for us to look to the future, my grandfather would always make this statement, never forget where you came from, and you'll always know how to get to where you're going. In other words, don't minimize, don't forget where you came from. Honor the past, stay true to the present, but look to the future. And I believe that the Lord is taking us to an amazing place. I actually want to take a moment and invite Bishop uh, up this morning. I want him to share a few things just about what the Lord has done over this past season uh, as we prepare to, to talk about where we're headed. Um, so welcome our Bishop this morning. Guys, you, you understand the miracle you're sitting in right now. Amen. You know, a, a pastor asked me to come up and share a couple of things about, you know, kind of where we've been, where we're going. And, and, you know, we can talk about the 11 people and the $14 and how we began. And we can talk about David Park Pavilion and talking about 1500 North State Road 7 and 1490 Banks Road and, and you know, and, and all of that. But I, I know this, that God has blessed this ministry to help establish 29 other ministries around the country mm -hmm. and around the world. Churches, not, not just outreaches, but churches. This ministry has never had a shorthand when it came to helping other people. But along the way, we, we've had to go through some things. It, 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 it fascinates me as I look back over the history of this church. But God, as that song was, God is faithful. He, his word does not change. He does not change. He, he, he's got to stand fast. That's the reason I posted a little thing on our post this past week about the fact that sometimes, you know, it doesn't happen maybe today or tomorrow, but it's going to happen. You sowed the seed, it's going to happen. And, uh, and so we're talking about where we're headed. And I, and I said to, to Pastor Sean that, that when he became senior pastor, I wanted to make sure 
that he, he had a, a level playing field that he and Pastor Aaron to be able to work from. And because when I became senior pastor at Abundant Life Church, it, we had a $7.5 million mortgage. Hmm. <laughs> and that was at 1490 Banks Road. Uh, it, was, it was difficult, to say the least. And we established our school, and our school flourished and did incredibly well. But I began to pray about it, and I met with some of our men in our church and our steering committee, and, and we talked and we shared. And I said in 2018, I said, you know, we're going to be making transition. I said, but I really want the property to be debt-free when we make this turn. I, 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 my, the legacy that I want to leave, that my wife and I leave, is that this property is debt-free. And so we talked about the school, and, and sharing about the school, we knew that, that the school, that uh, that was not in the vision and the direction that God wanted uh, uh, Pastor uh, Sean and Aaron to move into, that he's called to pastor and build and, and not have a Christian school. And so we began to pray about, God, should we sell that property and, and, and just see where that will leave us at that point? So we began to seek the mind of the Lord, and, and we, we had people come in, and then things in, in uh, 19 and 20, things fell through, and the, cat, the COVID thing came. And, and so we, we settled on that, well, okay, then we're just going to uh, expand the school. and let, The school was very successful. But I said, but Lord, I really don't believe you want us to do this. I, I, want, I think you want us to be able to sell this, but I need somebody that will carry the school on and carry the legacy of the school on. And God brought us Pastor Owen, and, and, and Dr. Vasey came into our lives. We began to talk and pray and get in the mind of the Lord. And, and he said, listen, Pastor, I don't want to change the doctrine of the school. I don't want to change the, 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 what you're teaching in the school. I want to grow the school. Yeah. And I said, wow, let's pray about it. But, of course, you know, interest rates and things begin to change, and things get kind of, got kind of weird. And, uh, and, but yet he came back. Two years later, when we went through all this stuff with the city and, and all the things that went down to where it looked like, hey, we'll never get it sold, and then we got it all turned around, he came back and he said, we want to purchase the school still, and we know that we're going to be paying over 2% more in interest rates. We still want to purchase the school, and he gave us a price, and when I heard the price, I said, God, this is, this is you. February of this year, uh, of the 20, I think 24th or 20, somewhere 28th, 28th of February this year, we sold the school, and, uh, and we were able to not only sell the school, but in selling the school, we were able to make this property, which carried a $10 million mortgage on it, debt-free. So you're sitting in a house that we owe nobody anything but love here, guys. <laughs> And, and as, we sing the, as we sing those songs, I'm thinking, I'm going, you know, we went through all of the seasons, and you go, and God, is it ever going to happen? And, and it, you go through this stuff, and I won't go through all of the nonsense through the years. But the reality was, I was able to say to Sean, uh, Pastor Sean and Pastor Aaron, we're giving you a church that is debt-free. Our, our ceiling now has become your platform and your foundation that you can build for the future. And so we, we, we said at the, at the preface, this something really incredible, because at the beginning of this year, there was positioning, and then there was transitioning, then there was identification. And, and, and I've watched Pastor Sean and Pastor Aaron go through all of those things all year long as they've had to work through it. I've watched our staff go through all of those things. It's been difficult. It, it's, you know, it's not easy when, when you've had somebody that, that has been the years that we've had here, and then we step aside, all of a sudden you've got the, 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 the new leadership. 
and it's difficult. But I've watched God supernaturally, sovereignly begin to work within our, our team and, 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 and with our pastors and, and how God's begin to put this thing together to where I believe that God is now putting us in a position that our next move is going to be the greatest move in the history of this church. I, I was listening to an interview with uh, the uh, uh, CEO in, 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 of, of the uh, Amazon, Bezo, and he was talking about that there was a time that they, in, their, in their company, their stock went to $136 a share. And, of course, it went crazy. But then they went through a season. Now, watch this now. They went through a season in the Internet that things bottomed out. He says, and we dropped to $6 a share. But because we were debt-free and because we didn't owe anybody anything, we were able to take that down season and develop our team so that when everything began to come back, we became bigger and better than we ever were before and richer than we've ever been before. I believe that we've gone through our season, mm. that we've gone this year has been a year of transition, a year of development, yeah. and we're still going to do that along the way. But we're about to step into a glory of the Lord that only my dad dreamed about back in the days that he started with 11 people. When he said God spoke to him, I'm going to raise up a church with a message that's going to change South Florida. It's going to be a message that's going to go to the north, the south, the east, and the west and touch nations around the world. He didn't live long enough to see it in the natural, but he saw it in the spirit. And he imparted that vision to me with the idea that a visionary people serving a visionary God. Mm. And when you have a visionary people serving a visionary God, get ready. Things are about to take place. One other thing, and I will sit down, and that is simply this. Pastor Sean said, Without a vision, we perish. But he said in the book of Habakkuk, write the vision. Yeah. Make it plain. So those that read it will run with it. It may seem like it tarries, but that vision will not tarry because the moment you write it, the timetable is set. We're debt free. Amen. Our foundation is laid, and our future is waiting on us to catch up to it. God bless you. Amen. Come on. That is, I, I'm, I'm not going to stop praising yet, man. I'm so pumped up to know that we are in a place right now that is debt-free, to know that we're in a place that I love what the Scripture says, when the righteous are in authority, the people Rejoice! We're not subject to lenders, but we are in a season, we are in a time where the Lord is empowering us to move forward. Mark this down. Your vision, it is your vehicle to your future. Your vision is the vehicle to your future. The vision of this house is the vehicle that is taking us to where God is has prepared and promised for us, and I'm excited about that. I want to teach the Word a little bit this morning, and a little bit later on, we're going to share a few other things with you today, but I wanted, um, I wanted Bishop to, to just talk about where we've come from. I, 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 wanted, I wanted him to kind of impress on us the season that we've come out of, because while we can celebrate the fact that we're in a debt-free building, and, and, and by the way, um, I, I can't help but to put a big enough spotlight on what is happening with the Abundant Life Christian Academy. They have grown so much in a very short amount of time. They are flourishing. God's doing greater. They've got, it's the highest year of enrollment that they've ever had at the school right now. 
the leadership is doing a lights out job. The programs are expanding. Uh, the, and, and, and not just academically, but the sports program is, ex, is expanding. And, and yes, this is a shameless plug. It's a great place for you to enroll your children if you want them to have a godly education where they're going to encounter the presence and power of God and where they're going to be able to grow and be all that God has called them to be. Amen. And so I'm excited about what's happening with the school, but I'm even more excited. Sorry, I'm biased because I'm I'm leading the church. Um, I'm more excited about right now what God's doing in in this house. And so uh, I want to talk a little bit about this house. I want to talk about specifically building a work for God. Building a work for God. Uh, If you can turn with me this morning, I want to jump over to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. And we're going to read a few verses in First Chronicles chapter 28, I'm going to start in verse 2. And before I read this, I'm going, to, I'm going to go back to our scripture for this year. Every year the Lord gives us a word for the house. It's a prophetic word. It's, 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 it's a word that when we begin to receive it into the good ground of our heart, We can see the fullness, the potential of it be manifested in our life. And this year, the Lord gave us a word of greater. I want to ask this really quick. This year, if the Lord has done something supernatural in your life, just wave at me. (laughs) This year, if you receive Christ, wave at me. Made a decision for Jesus this year. This year, if you saw a financial breakthrough, wave at me. This year, if you received a physical healing, wave at me. This year, if the Lord has restored a relationship, maybe a marriage, maybe with your children, wave at me. This year, if you've seen the Lord uh, give you supernatural favor in your business, say, this has been the best year of my business. It's been greater this year. So look at that, hands all over the place. You know why? Because we received a prophetic word that said that this year would be greater. And each quarter has continued to build one upon the, 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 the next, and we're in this last quarter right now that has been deemed as a quarter of manifestation. And I'll tell you, I've been hearing and seeing so many testimonies in this quarter right now of how God has moved, and it goes back to the word of the Lord. But, but within the word that the Lord had given us for this year, there's a scripture that he spoke to our hearts, and I just I want to share it with you really quick this morning. We've preached on it several times throughout the year, but the Lord reminded me of this scripture, and he told me as I was preparing for today, tell the people about the scripture that I gave to the house for this year, 2023. And the Lord gave us this scripture out of 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to read it, so stay in 1 Chronicles. But in in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible says this, I'm going to start in verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I'm going to say that again. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's three distinct things that are happening in this scripture that I just read to you 
that I believe will serve as a biblical pattern for what we talk about today. The first thing it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, those that turn to the Lord. So it starts by a turning to the Lord, and I'll unpack that in just a moment. The next thing is, is it says all those with unveiled faces. Some of us have been going through this year not seeing the word of the Lord because we've allowed the past to continue to be a veil over our face. But dare I say, when we're willing to remove the veils of the past, the veils of what was, we can begin to see what is and what will be. He says, those with unveiled faces will behold the mirror and the glory of the Lord. But here's where the last part is, will be transformed from glory to glory. So there is another measure of God's glory. So in other words, the way that you started this year is not the way that the Lord wants you to finish this year. The Lord wants you to finish greater. Somebody say greater. Lord wants us to finish greater. The Lord wants us not to just stay and remain at one level of glory, but he wants you to level up. My daughter uh, was home this last couple of days. She wasn't feeling well. And I think just about every day she asked if she could watch the Super Mario movie. And I can't help. I like watching it because I grew up playing Nintendo and Super Nintendo. And I always love it. Whenever, you know, he, he, he hits the, the, the block and he gets that mushroom and he, he levels up. He becomes a greater stature, right? That gives you kind of a visual picture. The Lord wants you to level up. The Lord wants you to experience greater and it's amazing because when we are greater in Christ Jesus, we're stronger, we're powerful, we're prosperous, we're blessed. Every area, every aspect of our life is greater. The Lord wants your families to be greater, your marriages to be greater, your children to be greater, your finances to be greater, your work life to be greater. God doesn't want you just to be financially blessed, but then your work life is hell. God wants you to have a great work environment. He wants every area of your life to be greater. He wants you to be emotionally greater. He wants you to be relationally greater. He wants you to be spiritually first and foremost above all greater because he is greater. And so what our word, our scripture for the year is all those who turn to the Lord with an unveiled face can encounter a greater degree of God's glory. Amen. Amen. With that in mind, I want to look over at first Chronicles this morning. And Father, again, as we just lean into your word today on this Vision Sunday, we celebrate, Lord, what you have done. God, we give you glory for the victory that you have given Abundant Life Church. But Father, we are celebrating what's ahead. We are celebrating where you're leading us. Lord, we declare the greater glory over this house, over the families of Abundant Life. And we thank you, Lord. So, Father, open our hearts, open our ears as we, learn, as we lean into your word. And we, we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this place today. In your name, amen. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, David is at the end of his life. King David is at the end of his life and he, he, he has lived a, a, a pretty victorious life and he's at this place right now where um, he's preparing to transition from his season to his son's season and his son's name is Solomon. And Solomon is, is being empowered to become the next king over Israel. And as David is at the end of his life, he's getting ready to, to charge Solomon and, and charge the people for, for, for what's to come. And as, and, as, and as he's beginning to, to speak to the people and speak to, to Solomon, he says this starting in verse 2. It says, And King David rose to his feet and he said, Hear me, 
my brethren and my people, I, I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God. And he made preparations to build it. But God said to me, you shall not build the house for my name for you have been a man of war and have shed much blood. And verse four says, however the Lord God chose me above all the house of my father and the king of Israel forever. He has chosen Judah to be the ruler in the house of Judah, the house of my father and among the sons of my father. He was pleased with me to make me king over Israel. Verse five, and all my sons... For the Lord has given me many sons. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit at the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Now he said to me, it is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts. I want you to take note of that. It is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever. If he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. Now, therefore, in the sight of Israel, the assembly of the Lord and hearing of God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever and leave it as an inheritance after you for your children forever. As I was praying, the Lord brought me to this passage and he began to speak to my heart that as we are in this season right now of the church and as the Lord is doing greater in this house, we can't afford to, to get to a resting place ourselves, but, but the Lord is calling us to build. The Lord is calling us to move forward. The Lord is calling us to set a future in motion that our children and our children's children will inherit a good land. The Bible says that. He says it in, at the end of verse eight, that they will inherit a good land, a good land. How many know we're living in a world right now where the world is chaotic, the world is crazy, sin is running rampantly, there's all these antichrist agendas that are happening and there's things that is causing our future generations, including the generation of today, to turn their hearts away from the Lord. But dare I say, when we as the people of God, when we begin to rise up and we say, no, enough's enough, we're looking to the future that what we do does matter because it's not just about what's taking place today, but it's about building a work that will continue to go on from generation to generation to generation. I'm not building a work for myself. I'm building a work for God. A true work for God is legacy. A true work for God leaves an inheritance for your children and your children's children. And as we read this passage, David says, I had it in my heart, but the Lord said, because I shed too much blood. In other words, David was a man of war. David paid a price so that now his son Solomon could build upon the foundation that he fought for and gave his life for. Oh, is that not just like the Lord Jesus Christ? He paid a price through the shedding of his blood so that now the church could be built. 
Do you see how they almost run hand in hand? It's almost a type and shadow of Old Testament to New Testament. The difference was is that, that David shed the blood of many others, whereas our Lord and Savior allowed his life to shed his blood so that now we could build our life upon him. But the picture was is that because David lived his life as a man of war, the Lord said in this next season, I am going to build my house and my courts and it will be in a time of rest and a time of peace. I'm speaking this out right now that the Lord is leading the church to a place and a time and a season of rest and peace. Do not look at what the world is doing. Do not be concerned and consumed with how the world is acting. But remember that when you are planted in the house of the Lord, it will be a season of peace. It will be a season of blessing. It will be a season that we shall prosper. The Lord is calling the church to prosper. The Lord is calling the, 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 the church to, to, to expand. And we cannot be content with where we are. We have to look to the future of what's ahead. And so he, he charges Solomon, and he says to him, build the house and my courts. But then he goes on into verse nine and he begins to tell him, here's what's required to build the house. If you're gonna build a work for God, it, it requires two things. And verse nine gives us the answer to how we build a work for God. He says, as for you, Solomon, Know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all the hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build the house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. The two things that David begins to encourage his son with is he says, you need to know God. If you're going to build a work for God, you need to know him and you need to serve him. Furthermore, in serving him, the Lord is looking for those that have a loyal heart and a willing mind. A loyal heart is one who is committed and a willing mind is one who has a desire. God wants people that are committed to him and have a desire for him. That's what allows you to build a true work for God. That's what allows us to be able to, 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 to not just build a work, but a work that will extend generationally. Because the heart of the Lord was not that Solomon would just build a temple and that Solomon would get to come out and have great church services and great worship nights, but it was that for future generations through the lifeline of David to Solomon and everyone thereafter would know what it was to come into the presence of the Lord. David understood a concept that I believe is, is, is so relevant. It, it's so New Testament. It's so, for, for, for the time that he was in, he was paving the way almost prophetically. He was a man of presence. We have to be a people of presence. David was a man of war and a man of worship. He raised up his son Solomon to be a man of worship and a man ultimately that became of wisdom. It went from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. It perpetuated itself to become greater. But David understood something. That if I have a loyal heart and a willing mind, 
I think in Old Testament, there was no one that more that had a more loyal heart and willing mind than David. He was committed and he had a desire to seek the Lord and to build a work for God. He raises Solomon up and he charges him with the same thing that became his conviction. We need to be convicted that at all costs that I am committed and I've got a desire for the things of God. I think that is the biggest problem that I see in the church is that, 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 that people miss the desire for God. We only desire him once we're broken and we feel like we've fallen away from him. But there should be a holy desire that every day when I wake up that I'm saying, Lord, I'm seeking you. I'm going after you. This life that I have is meant to bring you glory in every aspect, in every area of my life. Whether I'm at my job working, whether I'm at home with my family or I'm in my community, every area of my life, I should have a desire, Lord, to build a work for you, to see you be magnified for you, to be glorified amongst those that you have called me to influence. He says, a loyal heart and a willing mind. That's the key to building a, a, a work for God. And he says, be strong and do it. I want to read you one other scripture that I think is fascinating in the same passage. In verse 20, he says this. And David said to his son Solomon, he's charging him one more time. Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed. I always think it's interesting. Whenever the Lord charges you to build a work for him, it's like all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. Everything just starts to fall apart and you feel like you are inadequate. You feel like you don't have the capacity, the ability. And then, and then fear begins to grip, it, grip, grip, grip itself around you. And then a lot of us, we don't fulfill the work that the Lord has for us. We fall short of the work that the Lord has for us. But do not allow fear to grip you. As we even spoke it last week out of 2 Timothy, the Bible says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. The Lord has empowered us to move forward and build a work for him. And so watch this. Here's what he says in verse 20. Do not fear, do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Check this out. Until you have finished all the work of the service of the house of the Lord. I'm going to make a real daring statement right now. You are invincible in your purpose as long as you continue to have a loyal heart and a willing mind. I'm going to say that again. You are invincible. The devil might try to come after you. He might try to attack you, but you are invincible when you are building a work for the Lord and you have a loyal heart and a willing mind. He charges him and he says, the Lord will be with you until you complete it. See, some of you thought that my life is incomplete. It means nothing. Have a loyal heart and a willing mind and the Lord will re-empower you for your purpose. Your best days are not done. This church's best days are not done. The best is yet to come. 
the best is what is ahead of us, not what is behind us, but the Lord is leading us to press on, to move forward. I'm trying to encourage your hearts today is that the best work, the greater work is what is ahead of the church, is what is ahead of us. Stop looking in the rear view mirror of life. Start looking ahead. Start seeing that God is leading you to greater. God has a greater glory, a greater dimension for your life, for your family, for our future. He's not done. I love the statement. If you're not dead, you're not done. If you're not dead, he's not done. A loyal heart and a willing mind remaining steadfast in the things of God is the key to the vision for your future. And so he charges him with this. And so we know that Solomon goes on and and he begins to build the temple. Fun fact, the Bible says that David gave out of his own treasury that he made preparations to build the house of the Lord. And the Bible says that he gave 3,000 talents of gold. 3,000 talents of gold. Does anybody know what the quick math on 3,000 talents of gold is? Good, I do. According to David's day, this isn't modern, this isn't modern, this is according to David's day, 3,000 talents of gold is half a billion dollars. Half a billion dollars of his own personal, imagine him going to the bank back in that day, hey, I need to take a half a billion dollars out, please. What's this for? I'm building my church. Some eyebrows might be raised. No, 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 I'm the king. It's cool. I can do it. Just give me my money. (laughs) Half a billion, that was just gold, not including silver, precious stones, wood, uh, brass, iron. I mean, you name it. Half a billion dollars. And the Bible goes on and he charges the people of God and he says, who else will consecrate yourself to offer unto the Lord? And the people in one accord chanted, we will do it willingly. And when the people of God came together, they built a a multi-billion dollar temple for the presence of the Lord. What is the presence of God worth? I'll tell you this, it's worth everything. Because it's more than just me encountering the presence for myself, but it's me establishing a meeting place, a holy ground that future generations can encounter the Lord, that my children can come up in an atmosphere and in a culture and in a place, a holy place that they can encounter the presence of God, the power of God, the love of God. What is our future generations worth? For me, it's everything. And so he builds this magnificent, massive work for God. But there's this pattern here that takes place. And the Lord began to show me this. The pattern was is you're going to encounter these three things whenever you're building a work for God. There's going to be a burden. There's going to be a breakthrough. And there's going to be a blessing. A burden, a breakthrough, and a blessing All of those who turn to the Lord, there's the burden. You felt this burden that I cannot live my life the way that I've been living it. I need to turn to the Lord. I need a breakthrough. That veil's got to come off. I can't see the way that I used to see. I need a breakthrough in my life. And the blessing was a greater degree of God's glory. There's a burden. There's a 
breakthrough, there's a blessing. It's a biblical pattern that is traced throughout the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, right? Darkness was over the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. There was a burden of darkness, and so then the Spirit of God begins to hover over the face of the deep. And the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. At the moment that God spoke, light broke through darkness, reestablishing the order of the earth where blessing came. Are you tracking me? Burden, breakthrough, blessing. The people of God, the Israelites, were oppressed for 400 years in slavery under the nation of Egypt. There was a burden. God raised up a man by the name of Moses who would be a voice, a leader, that who was consecrated to the Lord would lead a breakthrough for the nation of Israel to no longer be held in captivity. The goal was taking them to a place of promise, blessing, burden, breakthrough, blessing. Three things that begin to take place. We see this in New Testament through Jesus. Jesus came into this world, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't condemn the world but that the world would be saved through him. The Lord saw the burden on humanity. He sent his son to be a breakthrough for our life so that now we could walk in blessing. It's a biblical pattern that repeats itself over and over and over in the early church. There was a burden that came on the early church. That was, nobody should be talking about Jesus. Who is this heretic? Who is this guy? He's a false prophet. We know that he was crucified. We know that Jesus raised from the dead. We know that he ascended on high. As the church was being built, they were under great fire, great persecution. There was a great burden. But what happened? Peter prayed for boldness. There was breakthrough. What does the Bible say? That the church increased. Burden, breakthrough, blessing. Why are you telling me this, pastor? It's because in each generation, we're not to repeat the same burdens, breakthroughs, and blessings, but in each generation, there will be a burden and a breakthrough and a blessing. And if we have a loyal heart and a willing mind, each generation will experience a greater measure of blessing. John 14, Jesus says, greater works you shall do than I. It's a greater measure of blessing. There's a greater outpouring for what the Lord wants to do. Solomon had the heart to build. He had the burden to build, but he did not have the opportunity because the Lord said no. So what does he do? He makes provision, the breakthrough, so that now Solomon could build with that blessing. Burden, breakthrough, blessing. And so we see that Solomon's in this place and he's in a greater season to build upon the house of the Lord. I love as Bishop already said it, that his ceiling is now our floor. The message of abundant life does not change. God's a good God. He loves us and he wants to bless us. The mission does not change. We're called to reach our world with life. But the vision changes because vision is subject to vantage point. And if his ceiling is our, our floor, by the way, our floor, then that means we can't see the same. If we are elevated higher, we must see differently. And the burden that he went through and that the leadership and many of you that have been in the church for decades have gone through the burden and having a continued loyal heart and willing mind became the breakthrough so that now the church could be in a place of blessing today. But I want to tell you, burdens aren't meant to be bad. 
Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. A burden is a conviction. A burden is that there is something greater to be done. A burden is I feel a holy desire. I've got a willing mind that I'm not going to stop where I am, but I know that there's a greater breakthrough and a greater blessing because the future generations matter. So lest we get it confused, the burden is not about this weight that is too hard for me to carry. It's a weight that we've been empowered to carry that will allow us to step into a greater season of breakthrough and a greater season of blessing. And the Lord has blessed this house to do greater. To do greater. The Lord is calling this house to do greater. The Lord has impressed on this house to do greater. A year and a half ago, we were at a place where in our children's ministry, we were at full capacity and we just we couldn't serve any more kids. At that time when my, my sister Heather was here and she was pastoring the kids, she used to sneak some of your children in because she wanted to make sure that you all could have an opportunity to receive the word and worship and allow the Lord to minister to you. And so she would sneak kids in because she knew how, how to handle them. But she would tell me, she would say, we got to do something about this. This is a problem. And I remember how many times that I'd thought about it and I'd prayed about it. Lord, how... What, what, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? And the Lord began to put the burden on our heart that we need to build. I said, Lord, I don't even know. Where, where in the world are we going to build? How are we going to build? I mean, I know this is a large property, but parking spaces, like that's gold around here. <laughs> We're going to build. And I remember I was actually walking through the children's ministry and I was just praying. And um, I called a friend of mine, um, and he got me connected with this group, and he said, I want you to speak with these guys. And so as I begin to speak with these guys, they're church builders. And so um, I begin to talk with them, and they said, hey, can we come just check out your church? I said, sure. And so they came down twice. They were actually in the services. Nobody even knew. And uh, they began to just in, participate in worship. They checked out our facility, and they came back, and they said, I think we've got some ideas for you. I said, Okay. <laughs> So they begin to roll out this plan or lay out this plan and we begin, we begin to look at it. And I begin to feel the burden that it's time that we need to build again. Amen. The Lord spoke through David and said, you're going to build my temple but and my courts. For eight years, we have been in this room where we have met and the Lord has met us mightily. The Lord has graciously through you and your generosity and your faithfulness allowed us to build a temple, a house. But the Lord spoke to my heart that it's time that we build the courts. We need to, to build the courts, the courts for our families to be able to grow, our, our courts for our, our, our community to be able to, to flourish the courts so that we can be able to, to see God do greater in every area of our life. So as I was talking with these church builders and as they begin to lay out this plan before me, they begin to, to, to share with me the possibility. See, sometimes all you need is just one person to show you a possibility. So we got around these, these guys and, and they begin to show us what the future could look like. And as we prayed about it, it bared witness in, in, in our heart. And, and so for the last year and a half, 
We've been working quietly behind the scenes, developing what would the future look like? What would the courts of God look like? And so as we begin to develop these plans, I said, Lord, we've got to have a, a, a true place for our children that are not going to get a secondhand experience. We need a children's ministry, a children's facility that we can serve our children well. But also we, we, we need a youth facility as well. Our youth have been meeting in this auditorium on Thursday nights, which has been a pretty awesome experience. But yeah, it's, they've done a phenomenal job. But they need a place that they can say, this is, this is home. I see some of us when we dismiss on a service and it's like bottlenecking to get out of this lobby on Sunday mornings. Some of you are just trying to fight the squeeze to get out. It's like, you know, trying to get out of Saks Fifth on Thanksgiving weekend. Everyone's just... <laughs> we need more room for community. The Bible brings a distinction between the inner courts and the outer courts. The inner courts, to paraphrase it, in Old Testament that they constructed was a place of intimacy, but the outer courts was the place of community. Now, we know in the New Testament, when Jesus died on the cross, that there was this veil that was torn that, that removed the separation because I believe that the Lord desires for us to have intimacy and community so the Lord has impressed on our hearts that if we're going to see greater, we got to feel the burden, the breakthrough, and the blessing. What does that mean, Pastor? It means it's time for us to build. It's time for us to build again. We already heard it. We're in a new vantage point, and it's time to see the Lord continue to do greater. If we're going to serve our communities, if we're going to serve our families, if we're going to establish a church where our children can grow in the things of God, that our families can flourish in the things of God, then we need to build a work for God. So I want to show you what it looks like. Is that cool? <laughs> I'm actually going to, I'm going to invite my, my wife up, Pastor Aaron. Um, She's, we're going to work on this together. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I almost do that on, on, on purpose. I'm waiting for you. No. We want to show you what the Lord has, has, has shown us. I, I, I love, as Bishop said it earlier, in what it says in the Bible, you've got to write the vision. It makes no sense to talk about something that you're not writing and you can't see it. But I believe when we can see the vision, we can see the vehicle, we'll know the future that the Lord is taking us to. And so um, I know our team's got a handful of slides. I see the one up there. You can, guys can go ahead and put that one on the screen behind me. And so if you look here... This is the front-facing image of our building right now. What sticks out particularly is if you look to the left of the screen, there's an extension, there's a building that is built there. That building is the new children's facility of Abundant Life Church. 
If you're wondering what that is in relationship to where you're sitting this morning, it's directly out to my left and your right on top of the hill. Our engineers have found that we are able to actually build on these hills. And so all the building projects will allow the church to remain intact as one. The beautiful thing about the children's building is number one, we're building 8,000 square feet of children's facility. Uh, and I believe that there's another picture that we can put up. It's, it's from the inside of the children's facility. There it is. So the cool thing about this, the really cool thing about this is um, that right now our children are downstairs, so it requires you to go up and down and back and forth to drop them off and pick them up. This plan is going to allow us all to be on one level. So if, when you go out to get your kids, you just go straight out to that area, which makes a huge difference in so many different ways. It makes a huge difference for our peace of mind. It makes a huge difference in our, our flow of service. It doesn't, we're not cut off from each other because we're downstairs in kids ministry anymore. This is gonna be a great solution to a lot of the issues that we're facing with kids being downstairs in the basement. It's <laughs> awesome. The, the building, we'll be able to serve 265 kids per service. This here is the exterior of the kids. The great thing about that is that there is, a dish, there is two new entrances to the building that allow you to access this facility so that you don't have to walk all the way up the hill. So ease of access. Hey. The building will serve 265 uh, children per service. It includes eight classrooms. It includes an open worship space, a lobby, a volunteer room. Uh, of course, all of the other facilities that's needing. I even asked for them to pencil in an area for stroller parking. Hey, hey. it's okay. Those that are clapping, no, I feel you. And so we're excited because, uh, well, there's one more photo, actually. There's one more. If you can pull up the prayer garden one. There we go. So that, that is on the exterior of the children's bu building as well. And this right here is a prayer garden. It's an area that for a, for a long period of time that we've wanted to be able to have here at the church, a place where you can come, you can pray, you can meet, you can have small groups, uh, coffee meetups, whatever you'd like to do. But the intent behind it was, is that it was a quiet place that we could come, that we could pray. And as we move into this phase eventually to build, one of the things that we are looking to do in this is that we want to make it also a place that we can remember those that gave their life for this church. And so what we're going to be having is etched into the prayer garden is many of the men and women that are no longer with us, but have given their life to the ministry of abundant life in serving. It was something that was very dear to our hearts when we were building this, because again, as I mentioned earlier, never forget where you came from. You always know where to get where you're going. And so we're excited about uh, the, uh, the prayer garden in the, in the, in the children's facility uh, that we have. Um, the next thing that I'd like to, to pull up, if they can, is the courtyard. There it is. 
So this courtyard that we have here will be part of a new expansion outside of our lobby. Now, what we don't have a picture of, but I'll go ahead and I'll just mention it, is that we are expanding uh, our front lobby. Yeah, I'm clapping. We're expanding our lobby by 100 feet by 100 feet. We are adding, in total, we're adding additionally 5,000 square feet of new lobby space. And as we get the images of the interior, we'll show them as time comes. But in this space, it'll also include state-of-the-art cafe that will have fully functioning cafe, fully functioning kitchen, storage, everything that we need to be able to serve the community well. The lobby will carry itself out to this new courtyard where here you can be able, again, have time where fellowship, community, um, I don't know, what else would you want to do out there? There it is. There's another shot of it. I don't know. What else will we do out there? Sit. Sit? <laughs> Not take phone calls during church? The, uh, one of the coolest things about this addition, and I asked for this personally, <laughs> because um, anybody that's ever arrived to church in the rain knows that we don't have an awning uh, out front, and that's been a tough thing. So we're always out there with umbrellas, running back and forth, getting all wet. Um, so this development, this area will have an awning that you can drive under and drop off your guests and um, not get wet. And you can access the sanctuary easily. And to add to that, we've got another one, if we could put up the drive-through entryway. Gone are the days of coming in the month of June wet to church. Yeah. <laughs> or July or August or September, October. <laughs> uh, and I think we've got another drive through entryway photo that we can show as well. And that shows you with the courtyard. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're totally reconstructing the front entrance as we expand with the lobby. The drive-through, it's all being completely reconstructed. Um, we're also working additionally right now with the city to add uh, another uh, exit point on the property. Because I know that some of you, you get here and then when it's time for church to leave, there's the cars that wrap around the long line. It takes forever to leave church. And then you feel the conviction of when I rebuked you about brunch because then you actually can't make brunch. And then it's like, eh, he was right, wasn't he? We're going to add an extra, <laughs> we're adding an extra exit off the property uh, so that we can ease the traffic flow and make it easier getting in and out uh, of church. We know that that has been a challenge for many. Um, let me see what else do we have here. I think we have another uh, uh, church front shot that we can show. Again, that's just another angle of the church where you see the additional children's building. Um, what, what you don't see right now is on this side, and this is the process we're working on, on this side is going to be where the youth facility will be. It'll be right out there. Which is right there. back that way, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're looking at, this, at, the, at the screen here at the image, which is really out this way, um, we'll be adding roughly about 3,000 square feet towards our youth uh, building, uh, and so we're excited about that. In addition, we'll be 
uh, developing administrative offices. You say, where are those going to be? Well, if the kids are vacating where they are, we're just going to have to make use of what's available. So we're going to be redeveloping the whole ground level for our administration. Our staff's been growing. A lot of things have been happening. We, we're tight on workspace right now. All of our rooms are flex rooms around this building. Some of us work here in the auditorium right now <laughs> during the week. And so this is going to give us an opportunity to be able to have all new uh, administration offices. Uh, we'll also be redeveloping the bathrooms, increasing uh, bathroom capacity. We'll also be having nursing rooms for, for the mothers. Uh, the, the, the list goes on and on. We have so many things that we're going to be rolling out. Uh, but our heart is, is that we are going to build a greater future together. We, um, we came into this space and it's amazing and we've grown so much and, and every year is new and different and um, it's, I hate to say, I hate to say this, um, I'm, I like it, <laughs> it's comfortable <laughs> um, and so I'm like, why do we have to build? <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. And, my, and as I prayed about it and discussed it with my husband and, and with Bishop, and um, we are here. I am not going to cry. No. <laughs> we are here to reach our world with life. How are we doing that? We do it with Sunday services. We do that with Wednesday worship nights. We do that with our classes. But you know what? Our classes are at max capacity. We don't have anywhere else to put classes. So we could have classes every night of the week. But that's not going to work with our schedules. We need to increase our space. We need to increase our ability to have space for our children. We need to increase our ability to get work done Monday through Friday. We have to do that. We are not just a church that operates on Sundays. We operate all throughout the week. And we invite you guys to be a part of that because that's how you grow. When you spend the extra time doing the classes, it is not about Sunday listening to your worship music on the way to church. It is not just about that. It is when you come to know who Jesus is as your Lord and Savior and you choose to live every day, every moment, every breath for the Lord, that is what it's supposed to be. And maybe that seems heavy and that's okay, but that's the truth. Jesus is everything. He is in everything. He is through everything. And in him, all things exist. And we want to be a place where people come to learn that and understand that and apply it to their own lives. Sunday services are amazing. We all come. We have amazing, we have an amazing worship team. We get amazing word. We get great community time, but it's not enough. We have to take deeper steps. We have to take greater steps. We have to spend more time. We have to learn more stuff. And not everybody can just go out to Bible college and just take a Bible class on Old Testament. I was talking to somebody last night. They were like, yeah, I'm taking a class on Ezekiel. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Tell me all about it. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we can't all do that. That's why we need to provide classes so that we understand God's word. Because when we understand God's word, we understand who he is. So when we think about the heart of why we're building we're building so that we can grow not, not as a church, not as, not, as, not as a church like in space, 
as a church in our hearts and in our understanding of who God is because then we are more capable of taking him out of this place and into the world that needs him so desperately. That's what we're supposed to do and that is why we are doing this thing. It's a scary thing. It's a scary thing for, for me. <laughs> He's just like, let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, but, <laughs> no, I gotta go. But what? <laughs> Being married to a visionary is hard. Like, <laughs> when you're like the detail person, like, okay, but okay, we gotta have step one first. We don't just go to step seven. So, so. <laughs> I'm at step 10. He's, he's there. It's built. <laughs> it's built. Um, <laughs> so this project is set to begin in 2024, and it will be in three phases. The first, the first phase will be the children's wing. Our second phase, um, which will look to take place at some point in 2025 will be our youth facility. Um, yeah, come on. Uh, we'll at, which at that point, because the way that the youth facility, it will be built, it's in conjunction to the lobby. So the cafe, the kitchen, and the prep areas will also be part of phase two uh, as well. And then the third phase, uh, which looks to take place the end of 2025 to 2026, uh, will be our expanded church lobby, our outdoor courtyard, and our drive uh, through uh, will all be added in, in phase three. Phase one is 8,000 square feet. Phase two is 3,000 square feet. And the third phase will be 5,000 square feet in total. It's 16,000 square feet of additional church building facility that we'll have. Come on, it's awesome for exactly what you were just saying right there so that we can be empowered to reach our world with life. We're not here to have church, we're here to be the church, to be equipped as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ. This goes back to what we've been talking about. How are we readying the bride? This right here. Um, before... I really got into ministry. I did a lot of photography and videography and I did a handful of weddings and would do wedding videos. And so you're shooting video, uh, uh, when, when you're doing these wedding video shoots, you'd have some portions where you'd shoot the groom and then the bride. And, and if their space was too tight, you didn't have enough room for them to get all the job done. And I know some of you brides in the room, it's hard to get the hair, the makeup, everybody's there waiting on you hand and foot. You need the space to get yourself ready. We need the space to get ourselves ready. We need the space to make the bride of Christ ready. And this is how we're gonna do it, but we're doing it together. What's the how? Together. We're building a greater future together. Amen. We're, so we're so excited about this. I want to share just this last thing as we close out the service this morning. And it really is what leans us into um, the season that we're going into. Just stay with me for a second because I want to do something special. Um, 
The Lord gave us his vision as we're preparing to move forward. I'm so grateful and thankful for, again, if I can't say it enough, I'm grateful and thankful for those that came before us. I'm grateful for the family uh, heritage and legacy, my grandfather who founded the church, my parents who continued and where, and where we are. Um, if it wasn't for them carrying their burdens, seeing God break through, and now seeing God's blessing, we wouldn't be where we are today. And as we're getting ready to move forward into this, this, this new year, the Lord has spoken to this house that this is a year that we would see a greater glory. But for what purpose? For what purpose? I'm not content with where we are, clearly. You just saw on the screen. <laughs> this summer as um, we were in the middle of teaching Psalm 23, I was praying one night and the Lord just stopped me and had me turn to Psalm 92. Psalm 92, the Bible says this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. The Lord began to speak to me that night and began to say, Sean, it's time that we build the house so that we could be planted in it. And when we're planted in the house of God, we will flourish in the courts. We will flourish in his courts. And as the Lord began to speak to my heart, he began to tell me, Sean, next year is going to be a year that the church shall flourish. 2024 will be a season that we are stepping into that we shall flourish. But it's hinged on those that are planted in the house of the Lord. So we got to build this house. We got to be planted in this house so that we can see God flourish through this house. God wants to flourish in your families. He wants to flourish in every aspect of your life. He wants you to flourish spiritually. He wants you to, to flourish in your businesses. He wants you to, to, to flourish in, in, in everything, in every area, but it's when we're planted. And the Lord said, as we get ready to go into 2024, yes, you've seen a greater degree of my glory. Look at us. We are debt-free in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's a greater degree of God's glory. It's a greater measure of God's glory. But now the Lord is saying, it's time. It's time. Let's get planted. Let's see the Lord flourish in this next season. And so I asked if our team could get these cards put together that we want to put in your hands. I'm going to ask our ushers if they can just hand these out right now real quickly. On one side, it's, it's got the word, the prophetic word for 2024. On New Year's Eve night, we're gonna give a prophetic word from the Lord that I believe will be the launching point of the next season that's to come. New Year's Eve at 6 p.m. every year we come together, we hear and we receive the word of the Lord. That night, as we come together, when we receive the word, we also take a moment and we plant our first fruit offering before the Lord declaring the word for that upcoming year. And the Lord's given us this word flourish. And I believe on that night, as we come together on New Year's Eve, we are going to plant good seed, our first fruit offering into good ground, declaring that as we transition into 2024, we are gonna see the Lord flourish in every area of our life. On the backside of the card is some of the renders of the, of the building that we showed you that we're gonna build. 
And if you want to see all of the information, there's also a way on the back of the card that you can scan the QR code. You can check it out. All the things that we shared with you, it's all online uh, so that you can stay up to date with what's going on. But I wanted you to have this card because I wanted this to serve as a vision, right? We heard earlier, write the vision, make it plain. I want you to take this. I want you to hold on to it. I want you to save it. On one side, it's a reminder of the season that the Lord is taking us into. And church, hear me when I say this. When we choose to be planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. I'll tell you this much. There was this one passage in the Bible with the tares and the wheat. And he says, they come to him and they say, should, should, should we remove it? No, 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 wait to it. Let it grow together. But when it grows all the way up, then you will separate. There are some things that you felt like, man, is on my life. I need to get rid of it. Don't you worry. As you're planted in the house of the Lord, as we step into this new season, those tears, those distractions, those things that the devil thought that he was going to do to keep you from purpose and destiny, I tell you this, they shall be pulled away and you shall flourish and be fruitful in every area of your life. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and He wants to bless you.